2: Van hey what's up guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are at FNA Van Life. This
0: the show where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so you can know what it's really like to live life on the road.
2: And this episode is really unique because we're at Schoolie Palooza for the first time ever.
0: Yes, and we are sitting down with Mary Beth and Brentley from BBB Adventures. Woo! Uh, and I'm gonna open my soda. So now the party has begun. Yes. Yeah,
3: and it's a soda. It's nothing else. It's and definitely a soda.
2: All right, hold on. Let me get the bottle and then you spike it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're out here today at Palooza, which is a new event for all of us. I think it's your it first is. time here, too, as well. Yep. Um, one thing that we learned last night is that it can get loud, you know, when you come to an event like this. is isn't necessarily part of the people that are trying to put on this week's event it might be more a part of something else, but you know that's
0: not here nor there. What drew you guys to want to come here well we
1: We've been dreaming about building out an adventure vehicle for a long time yeah mm-hmm. we, we
3: started with schoolies. We spent a lot of time in Taiwan. Um, my job took us over there, and we did a lot of travel when you're in a place like Taiwan, you want to take advantage of the ability to travel. Because it's centrally located. You can get to Southeast Asia. You can get to Singapore. You can get even to... We even went down to New Zealand. And it's it's a lot closer than when you're in the U.S. Sure. So we had the travel bug. You know, we had, we had... Doing all that gave us the itch to travel more. And so when we weren't traveling or I wasn't working, we would sit on the couch and watch YouTube. And, you know, YouTube, the algorithm will feed you stuff. And so probably... Four years ago, we saw a Palooza video, and we started getting interested in building a school bus, and we're like, oh my God, that's we have to go to that event yeah, someday.
1: Bre- Bradley looked at me, and he said, could you do that? I'm like, oh, heck yeah, I could do that. Nice.
0: <laughs> that's good that there was no hesitation, because I feel like sometimes it's like the one partner's trying to convince the other
1: partner, mm-hmm. but you were immediately on board. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Well, she also, you had a school bus when you were a kid.
1: Well, yeah, when I was a really young girl, um, we traveled in a school bus as a family of seven five kids. So your
2: parents were like outliers then Yeah.
1: Well it was Early adopters. Yeah we weren't we weren't full time. It was just a vacation vehicle. We would go on we'd go camping and we'd go to Corvair conventions pulling my dad's Corvair and uh, um, so I have early memories of being in a school bus and I loved it.
2: So for the people who don't know what a Corvair is can you like kind of explain that a little?
1: Oh sure it's a um car from the 60s. It was um, a 1960 to 1969 Chevrolet built this rear-engined, air-cooled car called the Corvair. Okay,
3: cool. It was their answer to the Volkswagen Bug. It oh, was okay. GMs trying to address that market because at the time, imports like the Bug were really starting to take some market mm-hmm. share. And so they said, we have to respond because they were really just building big American cars. Yeah. But the American consumer wanted a smaller, more efficient car. And so they developed this car basically as a as a to address that market um
1: and then the corvair um found the niche for the mustang
3: yeah so Ford, ford
1: answered back with the mustang 64 and a half it's really the
3: must yeah
1: they they rushed their mustang to market and actually introduced it mid-year 64 and a half the first year of the mustang it
3: it was so successful that it basically killed the corvair but the Corvair out of
2: business among among many
1: other things but yeah, yeah. yeah. That but yeah, so that was one of them that, that was, yeah, one was one of them. Basically yeah. laid down
0: at that point. Yeah. Well, I so mean, they're still making Mustangs. They're yeah. not they are. still making Corvair. Nope. Right.
3: No, no. <laughs> right. So, so no.
2: the Corvair is very rare at this
3: point. So it's it's unique. Um they made a lot of them. So f- mm. over that ten year period they made like one point two three million of them. Oh wow, okay. So there there's a lot left, but they're they're definitely unique. And they were actually quite expensive to manufacture. It's got an all aluminum, air cooled is... engine. Mm-hmm. So it didn't share parts with other mm. a lot of the parts weren't shared across the other Chevy platforms. So they, that uniqueness and drives cost up. And so. they couldn't
1: get any more horsepower out of that rear-engine air-cooled motor. Um, and when the Mustang came out with a big, a V8. big, big V8, lots more horsepower. Blew it that's, out of the water. Yeah, that's where they needed to go, so the Camaro came, came cool. along. But well, so,
0: anyway. Is that what kind of led you into your rig that you're in now? Like your love for a more vintage vehicle? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We love sure. vintage
3: stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, we were... We were looking at like antique school buses you know and maybe we would modern modernize an antique school bus like the crown so, like the crown, mm-hmm. you know there's the crown one way over yeah there's a there. like the green yeah. the, is it green yep. yeah yeah that's, with, that's like green. Some yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we talked to that guy yesterday yeah. that's yeah. a yeah. really cool one. bus yeah yeah. Oh, yeah um but so we we went through that whole process while we were sitting on the couch and thinking about it and then we, we just really thought about how we would use a vehicle and then a 40-foot school bus for us just became impractical. Mm-hmm. You know, you can bring it to an event like this and it's great, but if you're, uh, we have kids and family spread out all over the country and it, you can't really park a 40 foot school bus in a normal driveway. And that became a pretty big deal for us. And so we began to scale down, scale down and envision other things. And we envisioned a 24 foot bus because maybe there's some driveways you could park that in. And then we started watching van videos like you guys and, and other people and were like, well, the van seems pretty cool. So we started, we went down that track for a while. And then in the research I was doing, I ran across the Dolphin Toyota Motorhome, like your Sun Raider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, Mary Beth, look at these. It's the size of a Sprinter van, so you can park it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But the because you sleep above the cab, the space utilization is so much more efficient. Mm-hmm this is a good idea, you know, and so I started researching those, and then we ran across this one in Spokane, Washington, that was basically a one-owner, old couple had bought it in 93, used it to go between Spokane and Vancouver, Washington, which is across the state. Short distance. Short distance, they just used it to go see their kids, and they would stay in it, but I don't even think they used the stove very much, (laughs) you know, and so it it had been stored inside, it had 29,000 miles on it, and so we paid a premium for it compared to the market for those. Mm-hmm. But when you look underneath, it's like a brand new car, yeah, you brand know? new chassis, brand new chassis. Everything
2: inside is like pretty immaculate. Yep. I just went in there earlier today to go check it out. You like going in the time machine to exactly. 1993, but at the same time, it's like pristine condition. It
3: is, it so is.
2: praying that paying that premium is worth it when it's in that type of shape, it's taken care of, and then. The mileage you guys got, it's just
3: unbelievable.
2: That was
1: another selling factor for it, was the gas
3: mileage. Yeah, the gas mileage, yeah. We get way better gas mileage than... Well, I think the newer Sprinter vans are much more efficient. They probably do pretty well. Mm -hmm. But compared to a bus, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, jeez, those things suck fuel. So, yeah, so that we ended up buying it. And now this is our second season in it. Um, And the cool thing, to your point about having it be so nice, is we can use it in its current factory configuration And really learn about what we do and don't like about the current layout and design. And, uh, you know, for example, it's got a couch in it, but the couch, the bottom part of the couch is like super deep, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. way more than it needs to be, which then gets into the aisle space. (laughs) And so it's not, it's, it's so, you you know, we're going to, we're basically going to gut the thing and then rebuild it Mm -hmm. like we're doing a bus build, Mm -hmm. but we're just going to, instead of a bus, we're going to use this as our platform. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's our long-term plan. And then we're going to move in at full time.
2: That's awesome. So, going back to BBB Adventures, like, what is that exactly about? And, like, what are you planning on doing in this rig? Because, like, we all get into these rigs, like, to explore places. But a lot of us have, like, a hobby. Mm-hmm. You right. Know? So, what is it that you guys do?
3: We are cyclists. So, we are, we are, uh, we love the bicycle. It's, it's.
1: It's the yeah. best way to see the country. It's,
3: we just, we just miles love. At a, 12 yeah. miles
1: per hour at a time when I when I
3: get on a bicycle and I start riding I feel like I'm five years old again oh, I just have this true. freedom you know and I just I am never unhappy on a bicycle I just even if
0: what I what about cocaine so you uh, said uh, cocaine no she no. said okay <laughs> I thought I she thought said cocaine like what, what about, about cocaine? cocaine well you know <laughs> that's uh, how we fuel ourselves while no. riding a bike 12 miles yeah. per hour at a time
2: uh, we love cocaine I've never tried cocaine makes feel like are uh, makes me feel like I'm five again yeah <laughs>
0: Pardon me, that's not what I meant. (laughs) That was great. You're saying you love it all the time, but you guys just did this crazy bike ride from one side of the country. (laughs) (laughs) From one side of the country to the other. There must have been days where it was raining, where it was storming, where it was terrible. The wind, you know, like you're totally exposed to the elements.
1: Unbelievably, we were so lucky with the weather.
3: Yeah, we got rained on once.
1: Really rare. Rained hard on one time in New York. Over but, seventy but, days, you said seventy-seven.
3: But we kept getting lucky. Like we spent we would, some time at our brother's house in Madison, Wisconsin, and the whole time we were there, it torrential rained. Torrential downpour. So it was beautiful as we rolled in. Then it rained for three days, and then we got in the bikes and it was beautiful again. It was yeah, just the but, weirdest thing.
2: Do you have like lucky horseshoes on your bike? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was
3: the
1: weirdest. It was thing. the weirdest. And, thing. and we didn't even have that much headwind
3: because that's the just other a thing, thing a, that sort of makes riding a bike suck is is headwind. a headwind. Mm.
1: Just a couple of days. Just of a
3: couple of days. Headwind. of Bad Wind. headwind. Come in Nebraska. We had yeah. a day that was.
1: That and our our rest day in Valentine, Nebraska again torrential downpour yeah yeah. And, yeah
3: and for any of the listeners that are interested i'll do a little commercial we have 43 episodes of that bike ride uh because we vlogged and we filmed the entire way so you can go to bbb adventures and if you have any you know interest in seeing what that's like uh, you know we documented the whole thing so you can see how we rode and how we camped and all of that's on the
2: and I think it's, like, incredibly interesting to, like, see somebody do a feat like this. You know, this is, this is one of those things that, like, not many people do. I think you were telling us about 2,000 people on average do this. A year. Okay. Yeah, a year. And I always, like, even if I wasn't interested in necessarily biking, just, like, the, the type of grit that it takes to do something like that and to stick to it and to actually, like, finish that.
1: It was the hardest thing I'd ever done. Yeah. I but, finished it only because it was super important to him. Yeah. If it wasn't super important to him, I would have
3: it's been It's been a lifelong goal of mine. I mean, I I don't remember when, but a long time ago I had heard somebody had done it. And I'm like, Oh, I really want to do that one day. And in fact, it's what convinced me or helped me decide to retire early is because I didn't want to wait till I was 65 to retire and then not physically be able to do some of those things. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you just never know what's going to happen. You yeah. could, blow out a knee a hip you could you know whatever you know uh, you just don't know Mm -hmm. so i retired in my my early 50s uh just so that we could do this and other things like it you know
1: Um, so the bbb for bbb adventures is buses bikes and beers because we were originally planning when we started the channel that was our goal was to do a bus Mm -hmm. um now we have birdie instead so it's birdie bikes and beers and so we plan to travel the u.s and um, get on our bikes and ride to breweries.
2: Yeah, that's, that's cool. Awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. We're gonna we're just gonna go find the great riding. Like there's lots of great rides. Um folks that are familiar with the cycling community will know stuff like there's uh, in Missouri there's a thing called the Katy Trail. Mm-hmm. There's there's the C and O trail that goes from I think Pittsburgh to Washington DC that is all rail to trail. So, you know, you can do these big rides in the country with never never having to get on the highway or the road and fight traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, like part of our, part of the ride we did, which, which we called the Apollo mission because we rode Apollo bikes. And so we called it the Apollo mission. Um, wasn't
0: the Apollo uh, it was a big
3: movie. disaster? No, well, uh, the Apollo 13 was, uh, yeah. it was It's actually, it was a disaster, but nobody died. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yep. And it also I haven't them, seen
0: the movie in a while. It's <laughs> a great movie. It also helped them figure out what was wrong with it is. that too. It for is. the, uh, yeah.
1: future well, What's
3: interesting is the YouTube algorithm, because we called it the Apollo mission, they put a little warning on every episode that said... A
1: disclaimer type of thing. Yeah,
3: disclaimer thing. The Apollo mission was a Actually, space program it that NASA did. <laughs> oh, no. it was like, like,
1: yeah, I don't think anybody's
3: going to confuse going to the moon with riding a bike. You no, know, no, whatever. But, hey. Both know. incredible feats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> incredible feats. Uh,
2: but, so one thing I, I wonder about that this brings me to is, like, so I'm the type of person that loves to do physical activity and sport and whatever, so I always love a challenge. And so for somebody like myself that doesn't have a bike and wants to do something like this, how would I go about that?
3: Well, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the, the, the weak point, believe it or not, in all of this is your butt. Mm. just just <laughs> the Sitting saddle, that saddle. Does, yeah it's it's there's there's little sit bones as yeah, part of sick. your your skeletal structure mm. and the reason a bicycle seat is designed the way it is because you look at a bicycle seat and if you don't know better you go oh i need a big fat padded seat that's like the worst thing you can have what you really want is that skinny bicycle seat but you want the the wide part of the saddle where the you know where it gets be, wide in the back mm. you want those to be aligned with your sit bones. Oh okay. And so if 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 it, the thing I would recommend there's two things I'd recommend to anybody that's going to get a bicycle and start to ride it is go get a properly fit saddle. So that mm. you go to a bike shop, you sit you can sit on this cushion thing and your sit bones make an impression so they measure those oh. and then they pick the right saddle for huh. your butt. And then, then once you're supporting yourself on those sit bones, then it's just a matter of conditioning. You'll still yeah, have pain. Yeah, you still have pain, but it, you know it'll. The pain hurt. goes away. The yeah, pain completely. goes away, and then the your, first your butt day you're hurt. like, "Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. why did I do?" Exactly, this? exactly. Actually, this stops a lot of people. They're like, mm-hmm. "It hurts so bad. I'm oh, just I not going to ride this. my. Yeah, I, yeah, can't I, like, I can't do it. I can't do this." But you got to. But if you get the right saddle and you just work through the pain, it stops. The other thing I would recommend is a proper bike fitting. It's not very expensive, but your local bike shop can do it. They'll get the the saddle in the right place. They'll get the handlebars in the right place. Your pedals in the right place. The pedals, all of the geometry between the pedals, your 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 hands and your butt. If you get that geometry right, then it's it's not it's much better. Mm. It's much more efficient. You don't get as much leg pain. You don't get knee pain. You don't get
1: so. In in terms of uh, getting ready to do bike packing, that's what we call it. Bike packing. what we did was watched a ton of YouTube videos, mm-hmm. just a ton. In fact, we watched Ryan Van Duzer and uh, his then girlfriend pedal across the country, and we uh, we almost followed their route to a T. We modified it for a few things because we wanted to hit my hometown, Madison. Well, they actually didn't go through Madison. We wanted to hit our hometown. We stopped at home. We slept in our bed for four nights uh-huh. and still got back on the bike. Still got back on the bike. I would have been <laughs> like, mm, <laughs> it, was <laughs> yes, nice. <laughs> it was a risk. Pretty comfy. It was a risk. But we were motivated because we still needed to get to Iowa at that point um, for the annual red great
3: registers annual great bike ride across to yeah. Iowa,
1: rag, rag- bride. Rag. Yeah. So you did rag ride in the middle, middle of, of your yes. cross country yeah. adventure. Yes. It was a vacation from our vacation because we actually hired a, a charter that we use every year, and they carried our stuff across the state of Iowa. So we mm. were we were pioneer free. And across it's the nice. state.
3: it's actually an interesting challenge because we had we had to be at the start of that ride. When it started, when it started or you missed it. Yeah. right. And so, you know, you're that's that was probably fifteen or eighteen hundred miles into the ride. And so, you know, you're sort of looking at your distance every day and some days you don't feel like going as far or whatever. But it's like, no, I still have to get to Iowa by right. this date.
1: We buffered five days, I think, in, in our schedule. Good. And um, I was tired and I wanted to take a rest. Day, and he's like, no, we can't. I don't want to blow through those rest days just right, in case right. something happens. Something happens, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so we kept we pushed yeah. through, and we had three nights I think yeah. before the ride started. Yeah. Maybe four. But back to the point mm-hmm.
3: about how would I get started in this this bike packing or bike touring? You know, I think you just get a A-bike. even a, a, a bike it, it, to start. It doesn't even really matter, mm-hmm. right? You just get a bike, get it properly fit, get the right saddle, and then you basically just start riding it and build up. You you know it wouldn't take you long to build up the muscles that you need to ride a bike. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you just got to sort of work through it. But we didn't train as we had this big training plan and then life happened and we never got around to training. So Mm -hmm. we modified ours and we sort of trained on the road. So our Mm -hmm. first days were very short and then we
0: increased longer
3: and longer and longer. And when you do an activity like riding a bike every day, you build muscles very fast. Mm -hmm. You get, you know, you get very used to it very quickly. So by, you know, after the first week, mm-hmm. we were fine.
2: So for Ragbrai, how many miles are you doing, like, per day to be able to finish the event? I guess
3: it's um, a short day might be thirty five miles, okay. and a long day might be eighty. Uh, they no, right. they have an optional hundred mile day. It's they call it a century. Mm-hmm. So, but that's usually the last twenty or so miles of that is optional. Mm-hmm. So long days be eighty, eighty five miles, and you think, oh my god, how could anybody ride a bike eighty five miles? Well. You got all day, first of all, Mm -hmm. and there are, Iowa is set up on a grid system. Mm -hmm. That's just the way the state's laid out and because it's farmland, right? Almost exclusively. And so there's little towns about every five or 10 miles that used to be places that people, they were marketplaces that the the farmers would bring their stuff to sell. Mm -hmm. So there's this, this network of little towns. And so the ride goes through these towns. And so every 20, 10 miles, maybe you're going through a little town. And they, the little townspeople want your money. So they got a beer garden set up. They've, the church ladies are selling pie. Yeah. The, there's you a know, band the,
1: playing. The it's
3: fire department's got the doors open and they're making pancakes or whatever. And there's a band playing. And so you stop in these little towns... And you you just sort of see it's all the stuff and you yeah. you yeah and there's there's also thirty of, thirty thousand other people you yeah know, so in you have the, gr- a group of people yeah. around yeah yeah there's all this energy way. and you're just doing this stuff and so you you know you get off your bike and you're doing stuff for a half an hour and then you get your bike and you ride another ten miles mm-hmm. so you're only riding ten miles at a time and you don't really it's not a race you don't have to go very fast right. yeah. and and then you you know and then in between the towns sometimes there's like stops where people have got stuff set up or there's a beer garden, a beer stop. So, you're, you know, you're, you're, if it takes you 10 hours mm-hmm. to ride 80 miles, mm-hmm. who that, cares? That's something that I find really cool about
2: it is the community aspect of It's like, you know, you have 30,000-plus people also doing this with you. So it seems like it would never really get, like, boring because every day that you're leaving, you're probably leaving with different people. Exactly. Or, so, so you're meeting new people along the way. And then, you know, stopping at these little community gardens, all that stuff. Like, that's so cool, because, like, when we were trying to do the 71 mountains in one single season, that was, like, an event that was really, like, just me and Alex. Right. Like, 98% of it was just me and Alex going to mountains, making sure we had the food and things that we need, that we were cooking ourselves, we, you know, we could have the opportunity for, like, like, picking something up at the mountain, but normally mountains don't have like the best food. You have to like go into their towns in order to find better stuff like that. But you know, we didn't have the community base as much, you know, as like what you would have with a rag bra.
3: Right, yeah. and you have a whole ecosystem to support the riders. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of food, there's lots of vendors, there's lots of, there's bike mechanics all along the route so if mm-hmm. you have trouble. So it's really just because it's such a big event, it's all catered to the rider. And so you, you, it, 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 to your point, sometimes the time just flies by because you'll roll up next to somebody and you'll start a conversation with them and you're just riding along, having a conversation with them and you'll, begin, you'll get into an interesting conversation because there's people from all over the world and the next thing you know, you've pedaled 10 miles just chatting with this person, yeah. you know. Uh, I rolled up onto a guy one time and I really liked his bike. It was painted red, white, and blue. It was a custom paint job and I was talking about his bike and like, what do you do? And he goes, well, I'm a rap artist. I'm like, what? Yeah. He goes, Yeah, he was a rap It was a rap artist. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, rap me a song. And so he asked my name and where I was from, and then and then he starts he starts yeah, he's he's like freestyling Freestyle. this rap and he's like pulling stuff. I couldn't possibly repeat it, but he's pulling my name into it and where I'm from and he's seeing stuff in the cornfields and whatever, and it's just like and he went on for I don't know, a couple of minutes as that we were cool. along, it's just doing this rap. I'm like that's a cool skill. I you know, would <laughs> yeah, have no idea. I, that, right? Yeah, I was it was fun. Um Yeah, so it's a really great community yeah. event.
2: And like just to think, like the chances of you meeting that person in, in a normal situation, right? Impossible.
1: Yeah. You it just know? Wouldn't happen.
2: And and like just could, probably even more because of the two different walks of life, right? You're a rapper, you're probably circuiting, you know, for tours and stuff that you're doing in the sense of mu- your music career. You're probably spending a lot of time in studio. So like yeah, just the chances are so much lower. Right, exactly. You know? So This yep. is something that brings well that's all the thing. different communities. It brings
3: together. everybody comes from a different place, different political views, different whatever. But you're everybody has the same goal. Mm. So, you know, you're just everybody is suffering together or having fun together. But it's mm. like every it's that's the thing that brings you together as I'm biking across to Iowa. And uh, that, that's just such a see, magical
1: thing. You see every type of bicycle and every body type on this ride. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about Hula amazing. Girl. Oh, and Hula Girl. She rides a three-speed bike across this. Uh, a Walmart?
3: Town. Well, it's, it's nicer than a Walmart, but it's like a beach cruiser with yeah. a basket yeah. in front. And she wears a hula skirt, a little day. grass skirt, oh. and uh, she pedals this three-speed bike. So across she has some
2: challenging spots when yeah. it's like a super uphill or something right. like that. She does You it, can't the, gear down. Yeah, she, she does, does it. it.
3: It's amazing. Awesome. We see her every year. Yeah.
2: Um, so he has that highlight of the you know, the rapper singing the song. Do you have any highlights like that from their adventure?
0: Hmm.
1: Not off the top of my head. Okay, okay. Let
0: no. me ask you this. You mentioned earlier at one point you were ready to kind of give up on the whole ride across America. What was that like, you know, moment for you like and uh, what I mean you said that, you know, doing it as a team made you continue, but like why For sure, I wasn't gonna quit yourself? on
1: him. Um, I could not quit on him. I just couldn't. He 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 kept giving me permission to quit, mm-hmm. and that helped, really did. Mm-hmm.
2: But beautiful. I wasn't
1: I wasn't gonna quit.
2: <laughs> All right, now I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I like did. It, it's it shows it's like a testament to what you guys mean to each other and how you feel for each other. And mm-hmm. now I have teary eyes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean it's very similar in the sense of like when we were doing the snowboarding thing. There was definitely moments where. Alex probably felt like she was more like my mother rather than my partner um, because of, like, the cooking and the food and the, like, you know, making sure. I was his stage was
0: mom. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah. he would come in from yeah. riding and then hang up all the wet things and put food in his mouth and where are we driving next and what's the route and, you know, but I, and it gets exhausting. And but sure. that
3: support is so important. Oh, yeah. So it's important. so important.
0: And generally, like, during that trip, She snowboarded
2: 41 of the mountains Mm -hmm. with me, which is, like, an incredible feat in itself because, yeah, it's just a lot. It was my second season. It was her second season, and the first season maybe she snowboarded five times, you know? So, like, that commitment that she had for me to be able to do it, she was the reason why it even became a thing, you know? She was like, if you're going to snowboard mountains, why don't you, like, create a goal and maybe have a world record for it or whatever, like, yeah, and I'm like... You're speaking my language. Like, yeah. I'm cool with that, but are you okay with that? And she's like, yeah, yeah. But there was definitely moments where it was like, oh, man, this is getting tiring. This is getting, like, n- almost repetitive in the sense of, like, the van, like, us in the van. It There was no separation from just, like, travel. Like, I'm on the mountain. Maybe she comes with me. You know, she didn't have her thing so much. Like, you know, you would do your yoga and stuff, but it wasn't like... She
0: didn't have, like, a thing that she... Like... We were on his adventure. Yes. right, correct.
3: right. Oh, yeah, that's a good way yeah.
0: to say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was it similar like that for you, or what was No, your... it was
1: my adventure, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was was I, it just, like,
0: your body was exhausted, or what made you yeah. want to kind of give up? My,
3: my, yeah, at the end. I think it
1: was most my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, my body felt... My body did not let me down
3: we had a few we had a few well, aches and pains along the way but my, nothing major my
1: body did try to let me down i was actually diagnosed with high blood pressure on that bike ride what? <laughs> i know <laughs> the stress alone i have no idea mm, Interesting. <laughs> it, it had been slowly creeping yeah up it was yeah it,
3: it wasn't so. it didn't suddenly come on
1: but it was such a shock to the doctors like you're riding your bicycle every day how can you how
3: can You have high blood pressure. Yeah, you
2: yeah. know it. It goes to show that even if we're like exercising, doing all the things that we think is right, you know. Well, some of it's genetics. Something could creep some up. Some of it's, on right. it's
3: some genetics, just right. genetics, just you know. But I'll tell you the. Speaking of an emotional moments, when we finished and we got to New York City, and we were gonna, we we dipped our rear tire in the Pacific, and we were gonna dip our front tire in the Atlantic. Uh huh. But we. When you get it, you know, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but when you get in New York City, it's really hard to find any access to water. You know, it's like. Which it's,
2: is kind of funny because it's actually a series of islands. Yeah, right. But you
3: can't get to the water. You it's cannot get to the water. We were up in So anyway, we found this place in the Hudson River where we could, you know, take a water bottle and get some water and splash <laughs> in our tires. And so we called the Hudson River the Atlantic. But, but, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that. That was such an emotional moment for us. But having finished that, we just, we just held each other and cried. You know, it was just like, That's this amazing. is such a, you know, just a, That's I don't know. Amazing. It's just this buildup of this emotion that you've been working for 77 days to achieve this goal and you achieved it and you actually did it. And it's like, it was overwhelming. Oh
2: yeah.
1: The other emotional part for me was pedaling into my hometown. Oh yeah. Madison, Wisconsin.
2: Oh, and cool. I
1: had a cousin who met us on the bike, on the trail with, um, his bicycle and he Real escorted us. To to so cool. He escorted us to my brother's house, which was the house I grew up in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Tell that, you about full circle. that was pretty emotional. Yeah. i like, I just rode my bike here. And then my aunt, my aunt and uncle in New York City in Queens and uh, Woodside, we pedaled to their house by coincidence because he, we needed to get tires. Oh my gosh, we went through the tires.
3: We went through tubes.
1: We went through tubes, Lots tubes, of not tubes. tires, tubes. We got two flats in okay. Manhattan.
3: <laughs> yeah, the, the roads
2: there aren't the best.
3: Yeah. yeah. What's weird about I, I I changed a lot of tires across the country, but we're in the middle of Manhattan. We're under some bridge. What was the bridge?
1: Queensboro Bridge. We're okay. under the Queensboro
3: Bridge on the sidewalk. And, and I had to take all the bags off my bike and I got the bike upside down. I got the wheel off and I'm changing the tire. And people are just walking by like it's normal. They had seen it every day. Nobody well, stopped yeah. and <laughs> questioned it or anything. Nobody even looked, gave me the side That's eye or nothing. New it's New just York. Like, That's New
2: York. I mean, you think about, well, one thing, they're probably so into the what they have going on that they're not even seeing you there. That's one part of it. The other part of it, you have so many people that actually ride bikes around the city to deliver goods and you know whatever packages get around or or yeah Yeah. exactly uh so they probably
0: wouldn't have even blinked an eye if you'd been hit by a car and you were literally on like (laughs) the pavement your bike is like half broken and they're just like oh another one another (laughs) one bites (laughs) the dust exactly
3: (laughs) although i'll tell you you know i was a little bit thinking about pedaling in new york city because i didn't know Uh it intimidated me a little bit it's like oh my god it's a big city whatever but it's it's almost one of the easiest cities to cycle in because they've they've got dedicated bike lanes now on almost every street it's awesome cycling
2: yeah well and it's because of the messenger and the easy like imagine this you get in a taxi and it takes you an hour to get three miles right but you get on a bike you're you're there instantly exactly so it's a city that's actually built for this type of transportation especially just due to the amount of traffic there is and so yeah, bike is one of the easiest ways to get around in New York. You do got to watch it, you know, cars coming into your lane and you making know, opening the turn. doors. opening yeah. doors. Opening yeah. doors. doors, yeah. because a lot of the taxis will actually, like, kind of pull into the bike lane, the the bike bike lane, lane. which is not not good. Right. But they do it. And then people aren't thinking about the biker, and they just kind of swing the door open. Yeah. And so that's a lot of, the, like, the accidents yeah. that occur yeah. there. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it definitely is a friendly city when it comes to bikes. So you were worried about this... You know, big city. I was.
3: It was yes, easy. We, and we had just a blast.
1: Should we talk about what we did as we're pedaling in, into I, New York City? Yeah,
3: because I don't remember what <laughs> we're talking about. So, yes.
1: We actually decided we, because we were worried about the people more than anything. Well, we've
3: been warned, too. We've people been are trying to scare us. Like, oh, my God, you're going to pedal in New York yeah, City. Yeah, your dad you know,
1: was super worried. You're and... going
3: to get mugged. And, you know, we're like, oh, really? <laughs> I am?
1: I... We put okay. our bear spray in our head. So we hand had bear
3: spray because we went through grizzly country, we had bear spray yeah. at our, you know, at our fingertips yep. just in case. Because we actually went over one pass in Wyoming where there's a big, one of those temporary Fleshing orange signs. flashing, mm-hmm. you know, text signs that said, you know,
1: do grizz- not stop, do not stop
2: to
3: look at the grizzly bears. Yeah. And we're peddling up they this, can eat
2: you. They can, can eat, eat you. you.
3: And uh, so we're like, oh, so I'm ringing my bell. Mary Beth's ringing up her up. bell. I'm like, Are you going to ring your bell all the way up this Swing, fifteen wing, mile wing, path? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, we, never, we never, s- by the we never, we never saw one. Oh, didn't yeah. ever see
3: one. But we I had the bear spray. It. So we got our bear spray out as we were peddling in New York in city. New York it's New like, city. like, well, if somebody yeah, tries to touch me, me I'm going to hit him with the bear spray. But we had zero issue. I would not, not even. I didn't even feel threatened at any point, or even uncomfortable. It's a common
2: misconception. I don't understand why. Yeah, it's 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 because it. Whenever there's a big city, it intimidates people.
0: Well, there's right? also more crime. There's more, like, there's so more people, so more stuff is happening. Right. But I, I was in Chicago for 20 years.
1: Here's the right. other thing about it.
2: And Chicago is technically a worse city yeah. than New York yeah. in the sense of, like, crim- criminal Gun violence. things. violence. Yeah. 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 And so the thing is this, though if you're there during the day and you're pedaling through the city, nobody's going to bother you. Right. If you're there at night and you're in the wrong area, That might be a different story. They might want your bike. But so, like, people start to get it convoluted with it just becomes a dangerous place. Right. Realistically, that's what people said about Mexico. That's what people said about all these other countries that we went to. Sure, yeah, there is crime, there is dangerous places, but they're normally very specific places. It's not like the whole city of New York or the whole state of New York. is bad. It's like this one street in Manhattan is bad. (laughs) you yeah. know and and this, only at night and only at night <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah because during the day they don't want to get caught by the cops so why would they do it during the day yeah. right and then like there's areas that are you know a little more rough around the edges say but realistically it's a business city it's a city that is full it actually has some of the biggest business in the world if not the biggest business in the world yeah so how could it be that dangerous of a right. place right. if you have millionaires global
0: headquarters walking around yeah.
2: global headquarters of every different type of business you know so it is one of those things that like you know i would have carried a bear spray or something if i if people were telling me all these things so you were just doing with, yeah. with the knowledge that you had at the yeah. time and then just doing with with that as you thought would be protective to yourself, yeah. you yeah you know
3: we did feel a little ridiculous though when it was all over, was like, I don't know why this- <laughs> What were, were we thinking? Yeah. What were yeah. thinking? But well,
0: we had the same kind of feeling like going into Mexico. We were very nervous when yep. we first crossed over and we didn't carry, well, there probably was a in the van, cool. but no, we are like accessible, you know, it's- Oh, like it was peggy. accessible. It was right Frank at the top knows of the door. <laughs> Anyways, but we, you know, we're like, we have to go with the caravan. We have to have these things, we have, to, careful, careful, careful. And then within like a month, we were like- we love mexico We quickly
2: realized that it would probably even be better us just doing it by ourselves because we realized that this experience was our experience and we wanted to do with it what we wanted to do with it Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and when you caravan with people you start to try to do things with them and maybe their thing is much different than your thing and then it's hard to say well i don't want to do that thing Mm
0: they did your thing yesterday Well, because then people
2: think that you're saying like i don't like your thing that's not what you're saying you're really just saying like i want to go do this you go ahead and do that maybe we'll meet up later yeah Yeah. Yeah. totally get
3: that we totally get that we've had that same experience with all the time and
2: and it's hard though sometimes because people might take offense to it you don't want to offend somebody whatever but that's not really what you're trying to do right and it's really just a miscommunication a lot of the time of like, you know, I just want to go do this. You go do that. We'll meet up later. We'll have dinner later together, yep.
3: whatever. Yeah, yeah, I had that experience on bike rides where I've wanted to film it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so I want to stop and fly the drone, mm-hmm. you know, and the people you're with are like, "Why? Well, let's go. Come on, I want to go. You know, and yeah. so you feel bad. And then, then you don't stop because, you, you know, anyway, and you don't get the footage you want or whatever. So it's just sometimes better to be independent. Yes. But then on the other hand, it's also awesome to be with other people. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's this balance that's sometimes well, hard to achieve.
2: I look at that as an opportunity to like stop film and then bike ride catch <laughs> yeah, up. Exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And then they're not involved in it. So yeah. they're happy. But then you're also happy because you got the thing, you know, that you want yeah. to get. And I, I've done that many times when I'm on hikes with friends and things like that. Like they'll be walking ahead. But I want to get a shot of like this really beautiful landscape. But they're on a mission to get to the top of that mountain. And so I'll be like, don't worry, I'll catch up. You know what I mean? And then they'll just keep going. And then it gives me that opportunity to yep. stop myself yep. and, and enjoy the thing that I want to enjoy. Yep. Um, and same for snowboarding. You know, like, I, I just make a meetup point. I'm like, hey, if I don't see you by, you know, this time, I'll meet you over here. You know, and then that way, if I want to go drop a canyon, you know, and they're too scared to do that per se, or that's just not their speed, then i'll drop the i'll go drop the canyon and then i'll come meet up with them you know later on or at lunch or whatever it is so please
1: tell me what drop a canyon means uh like <laughs> it, so
2: there's like there's shoots and like there's there's canyons you have to climb you, up you, you to the top hike, of the mountain yeah you would hike like up to like a a pitch like that's really really steep and then so there's like these crevasses
3: with your snowboard on your back?
2: Yeah, I walk up with my snowboard on my back and then it's strap like up off when I get to the top. Back it's, yeah, back yeah. it's like off backcountry.
3: It's backcountry. It's like those people we saw at uh, uh, the Teton Pass. T- yeah. They were yeah. climbing up at the top of Teton Pass and skiing down. The... And they
2: might not call it that. That's just my yep. terminology for what that is, you know? Yep. And so, yeah, so it's just like, normally it's a, a valley... That's like really, really steep, and a lot of. It's not
0: of, like on terrain that you could do. Yeah, kind of and a lot like
2: of snow falls into there. It's Yeah, un-roomed. and
0: nobody goes, so there's so it's much a snow. High avalanche yeah. risk. Do you have to hike back out?
2: High avalanche um, yes, you No, out. you ride out, so like. Oh, so it connects
3: down you to the walk rest.
2: out, Yeah, you're walking out, out like backcountry, you're supposed to have like a beacon and all this stuff, and so you'll hike out. Some places have it where it's avalanche controlled, and so they're a little more safe than the ones that aren't. But there'll be signs that say, like, of you're you, now leaving the resort, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Of course, you always
3: follow it. the rules and you have your beacon. And yeah, yeah, you try to
2: hall. do everything that's right, yeah, you know, of course and, you, do. and yeah. you just go from there. I mean, in the beginning, I didn't necessarily do that because I didn't know better, but now I know better. So it's, you know, you learn as you go. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't, if you don't try it, you'll never learn, right? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things for me is, like, I wound up going with experienced people in certain cases and the ones that I started with were ones that you didn't need a beacon. So, like, I started with ones where you would go with a crew of people. I just would happen to meet them while I'm riding during the day. And then they'd be, I'd, they'd be like, oh, I want to know more about your adventure. And I'd be like, well, I want to go drop a shoot somewhere. Like, you know, i would never been on a hike. Can we go? And they're like, sure, I'll take you. So it's like an exchange of, like, information for opportunity type of thing. And, uh, yeah, it just turns into a beautiful memory where you know, later on down the road, we're meeting up with the guy in, in Mexico and Baja and like, that was cool. Yeah. Was so it's like a, you know, full circle kind of event. Um, cause you, you keep in touch, you know? So let deal. me
0: ask you guys this, what's the plan with Birdie now? Do you have another like big bike ride in your sights? Are you, I know you're going to stop and renovate next year, but are you, you know, do you have a route that you're
1: taking or what's going on? Um, well, Brentley has a dream of, Cycling down the eastern seaboard from Maine to Key West. So that's sort of in our goal of in 25 September, we'd start up in Maine and then pedal away from the weather and get to Key West by Christmas.
2: We have some friends who just walked that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, the Green Belt. uh, Yeah. yeah. And and, um, yeah, so they're called the the Golden Golden Roads. Roads. We actually had them on our podcast before too. So now we've had people who've walked across the country, both east to west, and then we'll have like you guys gonna go north to south. Which they just did both of those recently. Wow. So so That's yeah. 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 And for them it's a great way for them to enjoy the country and see it at a slower pace. And same as you said, twelve miles an hour. Yep. Is the best way to it you is, know right. do the it whole country.
3: Is, it is the best way. So you
1: know, yeah, yeah, we're warm shower hosts. So hopefully next year while we're um home in Idaho all year. Hopefully we'll get a lot of warm shower cyclists mm-hmm. that um, you know, are pedaling. No, yeah. So
3: warm showers is a, it's like couch surfing, mm-hmm. but it's for cyclists. Mm-hmm. So it's a database. It's an app. It's a, you pay like a one-time, one-time fee and then you get access to this database of registered hosts. And so when you're going to cycle into a community, you're passing through a community or whatever, you get on the app and you find somebody and you basically reach out to them and say, Hey, I need a place to stay. And the reason it's called warm showers is because the minimum expectation of a host is to provide a bathroom and a warm shower.
0: Not even a hot shower. Just <laughs> a warm, just warm, just warm a shower. shower. A little um, warm.
3: But Sorry, my heater's s- out. So a lot of us like, you can pitch your tent in my backyard and you can have access to the house or whatever. But by and large, people have a spare bedroom. Mm-hmm. And or a lot of, lot of people will make you dinner or breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's it's basically just a hosting hosting database for cyclists and if you if you use the service you're supposed to you're also sort of expected to be a host host. so it's this give and take thing so we used it several times across our ride and then we we're we do that in idaho and we people that are coming through that area we've had some really interesting people Mm -hmm. you know come stay at the house
2: we have some friends that we met on our journeys through baja uh phil paul and susie phil and susie Susie, that's what i thought Phil and Susie, uh, they're in Baja in um Loretto. Is it Loreto? No, no. they're yeah, no. They're north of Loreto. But they're they're in Baja and they actually have talked about being uh, uh, what it was it Warm Shower, shower Host. Yeah. And they were like, well, how do we get like to be that? Uh, but they don't know how, like it's not really a thing as much, I think, in Baja. It's
1: worldwide though. Yeah, yeah, but These... for
2: whatever reason they're like, we don't know how to become that. So maybe uh, I could we'll have to share write to them yeah. and share the warm shower host because it's something that they were very interested in yeah, yeah, yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Have yeah they can reach
3: out to us and if they got questions about it. We can tell them our experience. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I, he he like literally said cyclists when he was talking oh. to yep. us. Yep. So he must have been a cyclist of some sort. Um, and he's a really inter they're a really interesting couple and uh, interesting person and so. He- yeah yeah they have a lot of stories yeah we'll connect you guys Yeah, that'd be awesome so if you ever decide to do the baja trip too as well they're just uh, that's a
3: really famous cycling route people Mm -hmm. that start go all the way down the peninsula Mm -hmm. yeah nice yeah
0: well so what happens to birdie when you're doing these trips
3: we got to find a place to park her yeah Uh, we have some friends in um upstate new york and we they they have a big enough piece of property that we could park it there Mm -hmm. so we would find a place like that and then fly back to it or somehow get yourself back or leave her home or leave it at home, you know, and fly, fly to where the destination is. But when we're, when we're, we, when we're living in it full time and we don't have a home, then we'll, we'll take some of these longer trips and we'll have to, because we do, the other big thing that we're planning on doing is cycling through Europe. And so we want to maybe spend six months, maybe longer cycling through Europe. With and disco, uh, of course. With mm-hmm. and, disco, uh, the dog, a four-pound the dog. toy poodle. Yeah, he travels <laughs> everywhere, but that you know, then we'd have to find a place to park it long term, and there's there's options for that. But yeah. we would park it and then go. Well, we
1: have that building. We yeah, always we have.
3: have a we have a storage building, a home mm. we could park it in. But we are definitely probably uh, we'll do the East Coast in twenty five, and maybe in twenty six, we'll go, oh. go spend some time in Europe. Nice. That's also a big a big life goal is to go cycle in Europe.
2: Mm. Very some cool. great
3: cycling there, and just some great stuff to see, you know.
2: I mean, because there's so much different culture there, too, yes. right? So, like, yeah. even architecture changes, architecture. you know, within a couple of hours. The exactly. food, the, the
0: language, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very different than, yeah. saying, you know, doing one side of America, there's a huge beat, but it's kind of it's America, the right way, right? Everybody right. speaks we,
3: English. We did go through Canada, too. We, oh, went, okay. to we <laughs> well,
0: went to I a mean, different country, there, <laughs> everybody uh-huh. speaks English, you know, but
2: everybody speaks English, it definitely makes the trip um that much easier in the sense of communication um right. but but yeah so to be able to go to A lot of people in Europe also speak English, but they have their specific languages that they would much rather speak. Right, right. Right. So, having
1: lived in Taiwan for six years, we're not afraid of living someplace where we don't speak the local language. Language
2: barrier isn't necessarily something that is a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, but but
1: it doesn't concern us. Well, I'll tell you, especially Google Translate. Google Translate has gotten so good; good. you can have a
3: real-time conversation with somebody.
2: I use it quite a bit in uh, Central America and Mexico because it was. It was just, it made my life easier. It's great. Yeah, I because I struggled with uh, the language, um, and I love to conversate. So for me, it was like, how do my how am I going to do this? Yeah, I did learn how to understand Spanish a lot more, but I just didn't know how to put together sentences. Mm-hmm. And so Alex got way better conversationally, but I would just use Google Translate quite often, um, and then that would help us have this you know yeah actual conversation where we could get to know each other a little more.
3: Yeah, we used to go to restaurants in Taiwan and the menu would be only in Mandarin, only in, you know, and so we would use the real-time translate the feature, picture the picture translate. And so you just basically hold the, the phone over the menu and you can the read it in it English. It's so good. <laughs> it's, wild. it's so good.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. Technology it, has really come a long way. It has it possible to, you know, travel all different places yeah. seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: The, the, yeah. And it's, it's actually relatively recent. I, the first foreign country I lived in was India and I moved there in 2006. I lived there for two years and, uh, there was none of this. There was no translate, There was it just didn't exist yet. What yeah. the technology just wasn't there. And it was hard, it was way harder,
2: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We, uh, when we were in El Salvador, another couple that we met when we were there, they actually had these like ear pods uh, that would translate real in real time. time, the conversation that you're having with somebody. So one person would take an ear pod, the other person would take an ear pod. You would put their language on the one side and your language on the other side. And you could have an actual conversation. That's amazing. And it would just like, tell you what they said in your ear. And then you could just speak your language. It's and like a science fiction that. movie. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's a, it's, yeah, it's like but a science. To, like, think about the possibilities of when that becomes like the thing where it automatically detects the language and then feeds the information right. to you. Right? Because then you could go literally anywhere in the world without even having to say, hey, what language do you speak in their language type of thing? So you don't even need to know Well, that. I mean, it'll then, be more
3: than that. You know, like, have you ever used those uh, bone yeah. induction headphones? Like, yeah, I like, haven't
2: used them, but I like
3: the uh, aftershocks. Uh-huh. They work really good. Well, I uh-huh. could imagine a device that just sits on it your sits right, there. sits right there and does it
2: auto translate. Auto translate. So when you
3: you you're you're always just having a native conversation with someone. That's
2: very cool. You yeah. know,
3: if everybody had one of those, yeah. it's going to get to that point someday. Where... I do
2: like the mystery of it too, though. Yeah. Because, like, I will say, like, when we were in Mexico and Central America just being at the grocery store, everybody else speaking their own conversations and not really understanding any, any of it, allowed us to focus on like what we were doing. Well, the and time. then it was
0: also fun because then occasionally you would understand what they were saying and then you'd be so proud of yourself. Yes, like, yes,
3: oh, yes, like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and we then know that. And
0: When we came back to the United States
2: after 10 months of being down there, we walk into a grocery store and everybody's conversation, we understand. Yes, yeah. so so a loud. shock.
3: Yeah, I was about to. I was about to get that same thing. We when we would come back after being in Taiwan for a long time, we'd come back. We'd be in a restaurant, oh,
2: you can and hear it. we we understand. We, we wouldn't
3: talk to each other because we were, we just could not stop listening to everybody's <laughs> conversation. We were like eavesdropping on everybody's conversation. Yeah, yep. Well, or you don't do that today because you're, it's just noise, yeah. right? But because you can all of a sudden understand it, you're like. <laughs> what, what is that guy talking about? Oh, like, I, mean, I didn't know about that. I yeah, didn't know it, for it, ten it's, months. Yeah, you know, like, it's just this weirdest thing. Yeah. yeah cool. It was
2: really, really interesting. But so if you had any type of advice for anybody out there that's like wanting to get on the road or bike packing bike pack or, or, or like
0: doing it the way you guys are doing it.
3: Yeah, I would say for somebody who wants to bike pack, just don't don't let it, don't get overwhelmed. Don't think that you've got to buy all this expensive equipment and you have to do this stuff. Just get the basic things. I mean, you can, you know, you don't have to have the five hundred dollar tent and the you know the three hundred dollar sleeping bag and all that sort of stuff. You can go to thrift stores. You can go on Facebook Marketplace. You can do whatever, and you can buy the basic equipment you need to go on a on a overnight bike packing trip uh, for for a few hundred bucks. Seriously, nice, nice. and so don't don't let the the apparent cost and the the complexity of all the stuff, get in your way. You we, know, when we uh, first- Just just get a bike, ride it a little bit, get get some stuff and go do it. You know, it's, it's and then that'll build to the next thing and it'll build to the next thing. But just don't, just get off the couch and do it. Don't get overwhelmed.
1: Bike touring trip, I'm gonna call it touring because we weren't sleeping outside, uh, was in Taiwan. And we just used backpacks, uh, cheap backpacks that we bought at yep. Costco there in Taiwan. We just packed uh, night clothes, an extra kit which is cycling clothes and um of yeah and a pair of shoes to wear off bike because we had cycling shoes we would clip into the pedals Mm -hmm. um and we pedal
2: around the island yeah and if you want the more in-depth information on what all the things that are packed you guys could go check out their channel BBB adventure and you'll be able to like actually see what everything is involved and if you start to just Get that. Get on your bike that you have in your house. Don't make it yeah. too difficult. Right. And then you feel comfortable, more and more comfortable doing it. Then you can dive a little bit exactly. deeper. Exactly. Exactly.
3: You don't have to make the you know ten thousand dollar commitment for all the stuff. You know, start slow mm-hmm. and and build up. And you know, if you really like it, then then you're going to learn enough about it that it'll become obvious what you need to do. But just get started. You know, yeah. that's the key. Um, and then if you want to, we our Instagram is uh, buses, bikes, and beers. If you uh, or buses bikes beers, there's no end. but if you uh, want to reach out and have a chat about it, if you got questions, man,
1: we're, we're always happy to talk about it. Super happy to Obviously, talk. yeah, we're passionate. <laughs>
3: we're, we love talking about it. We're passionate about it. Um, yeah, just do it. I mean, that's that's the old Nike thing, but it's so true. You just got to do it. You yeah. know, and wear a helmet.
2: Yeah, I wear one for
3: snowboarding. Yeah, so. you've got to wear a helmet. Yeah. and don't think, oh, I'm just going on the sidewalk. I'm just going down the street. No. Do not, do not put your body on a bicycle unless you have a helmet on your yeah. head. Period. Yeah, we won't
2: get too deep into it, but, like, you've broken two uh, yeah. collarbones. I so got hit by a
3: car once. Yeah. I got hit by a skateboard once. Protect yeah. that,
2: protect that noggin. Yep. The noggin is so important. You got one brain. That's it. That's and it. And if you lose it. You got
0: two arms, so
2: yeah. who cares about <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Yeah,
0: you have two collarbones. Yeah. And
2: one brain. Yeah, they all heal. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. We'll have all the links in the description down below for all your stuff. So it'll be a nice, easy way for people to find you. Or you can just search them as well. And yeah, we we really appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming up to us and saying hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was fun. had a blast. Yeah. 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 All
0: right, we hope everybody has an FNA day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Van Life
2: YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.